0: Welcome to the Nashville story. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. On today's podcast, we're joined by Corey Allen, a filmmaker and podcaster based in Nashville, Tennessee. Corey joins us to talk about his new podcast, In Focus. Corey and I will also be talking about our magnificent
1: beards. And I bet you will. Now, let's welcome to the show, Corey Allen. Corey, welcome
2: to the show. Hello, guys. Glad to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Can we, before we talk about anything, can we talk about your amazing intro music? Oh, thank you, thank you! I vibe with it every time.
1: So uh, we get our intro music from uh, a place called Soundstripe, a local Uh, based company. And if if anybody uh, wants to use Soundstripe, if you're a filmmaker, um, or if which is this is very relevant because you know that's that's your audience. Oh yeah. If you're a filmmaker, you need music. If you use actually, if you use my last name Pennington as a promo code, you get ten percent off their subscription service.
0: Look at oh. that. I just look at that plug. I just, there wow. you go. Okay. That's look at great. us.
1: We did not plan this. We did not
0: plan <laughs> this. Uh, Corey, you were on episode 98. It's been a while. It's been a while. This is episode 509. Okay. Ooh. We,
1: uh, we have to hold on because there's a little asterisk next to this because, uh, episode 98, I did not listen to, I was not a part of, uh, I was still in recovery mode, Uh, After literally breaking my face uh, about a year and almost a half ago now. uh, So, Corey, you know, I I know we've hung out before, but I did not get to hear your Nashville story. Yeah. I didn't get to hear, uh, you know, how you got to this little beautiful oasis and and everything like that. So uh, I, I know... Longtime fans of the show might remember, uh, but it's probably always good for a refresher, and I know to be good for me. Uh, So how how did how did you get here? How did you arrive to Nashville?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I was actually born here, so so you came here through the birth canal. He still has this. This is great. I got to break this out here. If you're listening, (laughs) what am I about to see? see But this keychain that I, I carry. Represents the my unicornness. Because I, I am a
0: Nashville unicorn. Like I don't, nice.
1: I'm, I'm so way, somebody, way, if you lose your keys, I, to, oh, this must belong to a Nashvilleian. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You would. I, I, don't, I don't think they're thinking that. I think they're thinking, oh man, I'm gonna take this car and uh, we're gonna crash into a telephone pole. Yeah. But the, last time, the last
2: time we talked about this, though, it's like this was gonna be one of your shirts, like the Nashville An unicorn unicorns. shirt. It's yeah.
0: still one of my shirts. God. I just haven't published it. Okay, that would be so great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, so, you, so you came here via birth canal that is that is true yes. do you know what hospital you were oh, you came from oh,
2: totally i was uh born uh downtown at baptist
1: nice very cool
2: i uh, grew up in old hickory so not far oh. from here uh, just on the north side of town and uh actually went to high school downtown on broadway oh no way yeah at hume fog
1: wow i've heard uh, just excellent things about that school
2: it's uh it's I think it depends on the year. It's occasionally like a top ten high school nationally. It's a magnet school, so
1: yeah, probably one of the better public schools for for uh, Tennessee yeah, as mag- a whole.
2: Magnet schools are like they're really interesting because they are public schools, but they're not open to everybody.
1: Did you go through the lottery system for it? I did, yeah, yeah. Yes. which is all I grew up in a place with nothing like magnet schools or anything like that. So I don't know much about how that stuff works, but uh yeah, it ti- must be I, interesting
2: yeah, at the time. I had no idea either. I just knew like I was zoned for Hunter's lane. All my friends were going to Hunter's lane. <laughs> my, my mom's like, Nope, we're in the lottery. Like you're, you miss the first round, but like you're in the, like the second round draft pick kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if some kids don't, if they opt not to go, then they start going down the list. So I was like third or fourth on the wait list. Oh, wow. the line. I'm just
1: picturing like, you know how like professional athletes and college athletes will have like signing days <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I'm just picturing like, I mean, why, if people are doing it for gender reveals and all this stuff. So why, why not do it for magnet schools now?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that'd be very cool. What was it like going to uh, school downtown?
2: Uh, it was it, you know, the first couple of years, it was a little weird because it's you know, downtown. <laughs> and at the time, you know, downtown was very different than it is today. This was 1996
0: to 2000. So at t was just built at that time. Yeah. Uh, the Bridgestone Arena was maybe four years old around this time. Maybe, yeah. And then uh, Nissan Stadium was like two years old. Yeah. It was a little baby downtown. Yes.
2: I, I can remember... Like where there are hotels and restaurants and like buildings that exist today, that were two dollar a day parking lots. Oh, uh, I missed and those days. Now, now they're high rises and the Whew. parking lots are like thirty dollars a day. Yeah, or thirty dollars
0: an hour. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> parking lots <in> the downtown <laughs> that there are thirty dollars. Oh, sure.
1: I, I actually uh, recently had two dollar parking, but is only because of admission to you know another place in downtown uh, yeah. so you got the little we, fancy uh, validation and everything we just
0: did a 50 dollars parking for uh, <laughs> for one hour oh, oh my and, yeah, there's uh, only one one
1: way you can make that hour. happen
0: yeah so we got a ticket uh, <laughs> because we parked there the last three or four weeks yeah and we literally noticed the signs for the first time that the entire area is a fire zone it's not no it's not it's a loading zone it's a loading zone. But on the ticket, it said we are parked in the fire zone.
1: Yeah. So it's a loading zone. You should fight we so, that. So we get, we, we, we're going to like downtown and filming early in the morning. Uh, and it says parking, like you have to use the meters from like nine to five or six. I can't remember what it is. Uh, and then we were like, great. As long as we're out by nine, we're good. Yep. And then another little sign below it says, "Loading zone from seven a.m. to nine a.m." We we're like, oh my
0: gosh. And we gotcha. Put, and this is the thing: we parked there for like the last four weeks in a row, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened. has happened. And uh, oh. that was the most expensive hour parking ticket I've gotten uh, in a long time. I yeah. remember, I remember Premier Parking one time. Uh, it was in the Gulch. We were seven minutes oh, away. Yeah. Uh, from 9 o'clock. So our time expired at 9 o'clock and we were 7 minutes away and I literally was checking out of the restaurant and I yelled across the street at the parking <laughs> meter! I said, like I am paying my ticket right now. And he just gave me a $65 And he's payment.
1: like, you're about to pay another one. Right? I, uh, I called
0: Premier. <laughs> Pretty mad. They and gave you some kind of discount. They gave me. They dropped it down to twenty five dollars, and then charged you a fee. Uh, probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I think they dropped me down to twenty five dollars. But man, that was frustrating.
2: Man, see, going to high school downtown, I I was introduced to like the prices weren't nearly where they are today. But sure. I was definitely introduced to this process because we didn't have a couple of things there for kids that drove. There was no school parking lot. The parking mm. lot was only for teachers, and it was really small. Interesting. So. Uh, we had to pay at, like, the closest lot that you could get to. So, f- like, for me, we parked behind, uh, what is, is that, First Baptist? Yeah, yeah. Oh, huge lot. yeah, park yeah. Park. yeah. Yep. Yep. And it was uh, $2 a day. And uh, over time, because, you know, we're irresponsible children, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we pay, sometimes we don't. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. running late, like, that's ah, 2 bucks, whatever, or, like I forgot cash yeah. or you know, whatever. And uh, a couple times a year throughout the school year, uh, I think it was central parking at the time. They would come through and just boot like every kid's car.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, sounds wow how many, how many times were you booted? Uh,
2: me personally, only once.
0: Okay, that's not bad. That's no. not bad at but all. That was the no. most expensive uh, parking for the day you paid for. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the boot, I don't know,
2: disappeared. The technology wasn't what it is today.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. So after high school... Uh, did you uh, know because you are you are heavy into the tech world and you are heavy into the creator world. Um, did you already know like I have no idea if you went to college, if you did what you did. Did you already know kind of the path you wanted to take?
2: Um, I think I had an idea. So I, I definitely like right from high school, I did not go straight to college. I actually spent uh, a couple of years uh, working in bars and nightclubs. Around Nashville. Really? Some no longer exist. Some are now uh, supermarkets. <laughs> uh, um, but it's spent like, I think, seven, seven and a half years total after high school uh, doing just that. Working security, eventually working uh, like VIP at a couple of different places. Yeah. The first one was the Outer Limit, which used oh, to be right yeah. across the street from the Nashville Zoo. I think it's an Aldi now.
1: I literally was there today. Really? Small world.
2: Yeah. But it, it started before it was the outer limit. It was a four screen movie theater, huh? And they converted each um, theater into a uniquely themed clubs. So like that's one, cool. One was the lava layer. It was a rave club. There was hysteria, which was a live rock venue. Wow. Coconuts, which was a karaoke bar. Huh. Wow. And then the <laughs> big theater was the top forty, like like the just the super cool dance club called Neptune's. Interesting. And Neptune's had this massive pirate ship that was built. So like you walk in, I'm sure I've got pictures and you could probably find some online, but you walk into the, into that part of the club and it's literally just this massive pirate ship that has been built And the DJ booth is like up on the, that's, that's, that's incredible the dance floor is the top. That's it so was awesome. So cool. Wild. That and is in, amazing. And then the, in the, like the ticket area, like in the lobby, that was a, uh, like a, uh, where you could get food and drinks and just hang out. That sounds so awesome. It was it was when amazing. did the, when did that bar close? Um it was probably two thousand six or seven, okay. maybe.
1: Cause that reminds me of like stuff you'd find at like Panama City Beach kind of deal.
2: Very much inspired by that and like at the time, like multi-themed yeah. uh, bars uh-huh. and pubs in Vegas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's crazy. So after that journey, um, where did media and creating and all of that start to, to kind of, uh, develop?
2: Yeah. After the first few years of the nightlife, uh, I, I made the decision. I enrolled in a Nashville state, um, uh, which I, I don't know if it's Nashville tech or Nashville state now, but I think it's, both. was it in, yeah. in the same, same
1: location, White uh, yeah, Whitebridge? Whitebridge really, yeah. Yep.
2: They had an amazing photography program. Um, so I enrolled there with with the intent of getting a degree in visual communications with a focus in photography. And I went full time for a semester and then realized like, I'm an adult. I don't like school. (laughs) (laughs) So then went part time for a few semesters and, and the uh, the instructors, the professors were amazing. The program, like they have full blown studios, dark rooms. Oh, that's really nice. um, Like the whole works. It was amazing. And at the time, like had this like really strong passion to be, A photographer, like a stills photographer. I had no concept of what that meant, like to make a living as a photographer. Sure. How how much of a hustle that is. Yeah. Um, And I also didn't know what kind of photographer, like maybe a fashion photographer. For, like, half an hour, I thought, oh, a wedding photographer would be cool. That-
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you did a wedding, yeah. and yeah. you're
2: like, peace? I've done uh, two weddings, I think, in my entire life, and I will never do another wedding again. That's, I- that's,
1: that's, that's, that's better than everybody who gets, like, wedding fatigue. Like, they, they just go, 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 yeah. go and do a bunch of weddings, and then they, like, disappear off the earth.
0: I've never done a wedding, and <laughs> the last quote I gave to somebody for a wedding was $10,000. Yeah, yes.
2: like the similarly like if somebody's really like no like I I just can't find anybody I will just quote so high that either you're that committed and I'll just make it worth it and I will yeah. hire three or yeah. four second
0: shooters yeah. and <laughs> just walk away from the nice pay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like
2: I'll show up and like orchestrate but yeah like not not getting into that. No. So. No. So but then just you know decided that uh, man like I like money more than I like uh work, I think, <laughs> and to, to achieve the level of financial success that I wanted. Just at the time, I was not prepared to put in that amount of work as a sure. photographer, but still loved the creative process and yeah. that, all of that. So then uh, there's a pretty big gap where I just like transitioned to a regular full-time job, left nightlife behind, um, and met uh, a handful of people. Um, that were also like very creative whether they went to film school whether they did similar work like everybody has like this side hustle today but I felt like at the time yeah probably 10 years ago or so that was not the norm yeah so these people that were being creative on the side were like very interesting and intriguing and I think that's you know it's probably five or six years ago yeah I got reintroduced to one of those um, who was producing a commercial for a small business of mine and that's what really like sparked my interest again in the visual creativity, but more specifically uh, video production and film.
1: Yeah. Which is, which is uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the, the money side on that can yield a lot higher as well. Uh, but also, uh, it's more expensive. Oh yeah. So uh, photography, your cost of entry is a lot smaller for video production on the higher end. Your cost of entry is much larger. Uh, where did you decide or where did you kind of discover that this is a step that you wanted to take?
2: Uh, you know, I think um, just this desire to continue to create or to start to create again, I think was really, again, triggered by that hiring another, like an old acquaintance and his entire, seeing his entire production to bring this idea that I had to life for this mm. commercial was just really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, and to think like, man, it would be great if I could do that for other people, Yeah. whether that's small business video, whether that's music videos, um, anything like if it's, if you have an idea and it, it could be a compelling story in a uh, moving format, like I'm into it. Like, tell me about it. I would
0: love to help you bring it to life. Like that's just been my mindset ever since. So you've been, uh, on your Instagram, you've been doing a lot of music videos over the last six, seven months. I have, yeah. Uh, what type of music videos are you primarily doing, and are you doing other other things in the filmmaking world? Yeah, so,
2: uh, you know, being in Nashville, I'm sure you could guess the majority of anything music video related <laughs> is country music. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and and uh, But, like, that's great, because the artists that I've had an opportunity to work with, they... Uh, They don't they're not like typical artists historically where, you know, they they, maybe they wrote the song, maybe they didn't. They're definitely the performer. And how music videos have historically worked is the artist or the label or management, someone like on that side of the world will put out a bid or a call for treatments from directors and other creatives. And then they read all these treatments and choose the one that they think best fits the scene, the theme. And then production goes from there. So these artists that I work with, they like their music video ideas are a part of their creative process. So when they're writing the song, they already have in their mind this idea of like the perfect music video for that. Yeah. So it's a lot more collaborative. Um, it's actually a lot more fun that way versus the stress of like, all right, I have to listen to your song twenty times and to understand. Like the treatment the, portion is most of is the it?
1: time. It's I mean it's unpaid. Oh, absolutely. you're just you're just competing in a bid and. You don't have a, you don't have that collaboration side of things at all, so you don't know what's going through their
2: head. And hopefully, they don't like your idea <laughs> and just take it and give it to somebody else because that happens. That happens. That happens oh, a lot. Man. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, what's been one of your uh, favorite music videos to work on
2: uh, recently? This, this one of the most recent ones we did was uh, for Scott Stevens' new uh, single "Neon Anya."
1: We is that the one that you put out the the little Instagram post with the stills, the stack of three stills
2: oh, on there in the bowling alley? Yeah, oh yeah,
1: yeah, that looks really
2: good. Oh, uh, it was so much fun. So we uh, through a, a friend of my wife's, we actually made a connection with the bowling alley in Murfreesboro, Lanes, Trains, and Automobiles.
0: That's a great name. <laughs> that's really that nice. A great <laughs> name. Yes. Is it a big bowling alley?
2: It is massive. Okay. They have uh, I, for, I forget it's like twenty something lanes, like in their main area, and then they have another eight lanes in the private area. That's incredible. Wow. And then they have this huge arcade. They have oh, that's um, awesome. This laser tag that's modeled over, um, what's the game?
0: Call of Duty. Oh, hold no, no. How much is this laser tag? And is it really? Because that sounds like very exciting. When are we going to play? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know how much it is uh, because we got such a deal on this place. And I probably shouldn't say this because other people will like try to take advantage of. (laughs) But they were so accommodating. We got the entire place at no cost, uh, which is wild to think about. But, you know, in the middle, not maybe not in the middle of COVID, but towards the tail end of COVID. You know, we, we wanted to do everything we could to promote their business. They're sure. locally like family owned. So like we worked out this great deal and continue to promote them and the services that they offer. Yeah, no doubt. In exchange for this beautiful location to create well, probably the coolest music video I have had a chance to work on to date. It's like if you've seen the video. Yeah, I've watched it. Or if for anybody that's listening, after you check it out, just know that like... Dancing on the bowling alley lanes—it's <laughs> very dangerous.
0: It can be like you're, told, the, you're if with oiled the lanes. It could be very dangerous. Yeah, you're
2: told your whole life, like you don't cross this line. When you do, the alarms going to go off. It's slippery as hell. Like you're probably going to slip and bust your ass. But they've fallen
0: on bowling lanes. They, lane they before.
2: stripped all the lanes for us.
0: Whoa! Uh,
2: we were we had big massive light movers on every lane to light up. I all. bet that
1: I was about to say. I bet that helped with gear too for those lanes to oh, be. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, it, that, like, that was so much fun. And Scott's idea, you know, when we had our first pre-production meeting, it was somewhat inspired by Big Lebowski. Like, we yeah, even, yeah. we imitated some <laughs> of the shots and That's some cool. of the cinematography from that movie. That's we, really cool. Brought into the music video. Um, and it was just, it was so much fun.
0: One of the uh, coolest things I've seen in the last year, there is a professional drone pilot down in Texas. I know what you're talking about. And he already. brought in this drone to, through a bowling alley. And he really followed this bowling ball, hitting the pins. And then all of a sudden, the drone went through the mechanicism that drops the pins and bowling balls. What was it, it an FPV, FPV drone? It was. They oh, used, they used a CineWoo. Okay,
1: I'm, I'm literally just going to watch this right now. This video that's,
0: is insane. Yeah, they so, so he starts outside
1: guy? of the bowling alley, yep. follows the ball. Okay, follows another for, ball that's going in. They do a follows ball, a third one. And they're going and watching the crowd, following a fourth ball, going all the way down the lane. It's, a, it's like a play-by-play play for a horse race, and he goes <laughs> up into
0: the mechanics.
1: Wow,
0: this is like some of the most beautiful drone work. Goes I've through ever the seen
1: hallway the where the like stuff is stored, then goes back into there, and then some somebody's waxing a bowling ball. That was kind of weird, but <laughs> yeah,
2: there's a, but that's that's really cool. Yeah, there's a similar video where an FPV pilot did something uh, for a movie theater. Where they do like same concept, they oh, get kind of awesome. this whole visual tour of the theater, like into the lobby, yeah, then down the hallway, and sound design was fantastic. And then they wow. fly into the theater and like do the big reveal, like you know, as, I think as businesses eventually start to fully reopen, like finding creative ways like that to like tell your business's story is super cool. Well,
0: I just yeah. uh, I just saw because I'm a big I'm a big regal. Like going yeah. to the Regal movie theaters, uh, they're renting out private theaters for ninety nine dollars uh, for up to that three too. hours. That's and I'm
1: like, incredible. And
0: I play Halo for three oh, hours. They'll get three I think so. Wow. So I'm okay. for Ninety nine dollars. Now that Halo may be worth it. Experience.
2: Holy cow! Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. AMC's been doing something similar, but it's they like you choose your movie and then it's a private event up to I think twenty people. For ninety nine dollars, that's, that's amazing! Incredible. Wow! I, I
0: hope theaters continue. Uh, that's our airport noise. If you if you just <laughs> heard.
1: Sponsored by Southwest yeah.
0: Airlines. I, I wish, <laughs> uh, um, but I hope theaters continue once they fully reopen to do that.
2: Yeah, I think they will, just because it's it's uh, such a great opportunity for a lot of reasons. And, um, I I
1: remember going to school and like being taught about movie theaters and distribution and stuff. And they don't make a whole lot off of the ticket. No. So they could possibly be making more money renting out that theater than okay. they would actually selling the tickets for that theater. Yeah. I don't know, you know. I don't, but, or it may be the equivalent of it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, so, uh, or you may have average- to have a food and drink minimum with your, <laughs> with your, with your room reservation. I don't know. Yeah. An average movie theater makes 50 cents. Per ticket sold. And a ticket on average in the United States right now is $16, give or take, with like New York City, L.A. and Nashville prices. And so they're making only 50 cents of that movie ticket sold.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that they might make more money off of a, a private rental.
0: Yeah. So make sure when you go to the theater that you
2: buy a drink, you buy your popcorn. Yep. Don't, don't sneak your stuff in.
0: <laughs> S-
2: support your local theater.
0: If you, uh, if you are sneaking your stuff in. Bring a big hoodie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So what other type of filmmaking do you do?
2: Uh, Short narrative, uh, like short form, short films, uh, I think are always really fun because uh, you have an opportunity to tell a story. And it's really a challenge to do that in a really small, finite amount of time. Uh, So I've done two recently, um, and there one was uh, for a two-minute film festival. So like it was a very short, but we packed a lot of stuff into that.
1: And the one did that was like a that like a forty-eight-hour film festival type of environment.
2: uh, No, it wasn't that aggressive. It was the road, uh, my road, real challenge. Oh, that's cool. You have to use uh, road audio equipment and show Uh. behind-the-scenes stuff. So it was that. So it wasn't as like. Nerve-wracking as a 48-hour <laughs> film fest, but uh, similar. Yeah. Uh, they, like they give you really strict parameters and then you yeah. uh, tell the story within that. Um, but it's, uh, it, you know, I think, again, it's a great opportunity to be a little creative and kind of stretch outside of like a normal commercial or uh, industrialized video. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's also an opportunity to learn probably more than you would in, like, a typical setting because as a short filmmaker, a lot of times you do more of the different roles yourself, whether that's editor, colorist, sound design. You know, maybe you bring all those people in. Sure. Or maybe you want a little more control because you want to learn about it. Sure. You kind of have that opportunity versus on, like, a paid gig. Um, you know, you have to be a lot more on purpose around <laughs> delivering that final.
1: Yeah. There, there's a, Yeah, with the paid stuff, there's a lot more writing on what you're doing. And so you have to play more by the book yep. with a lot of stuff than you would otherwise. Yeah, in a
2: short film, like it, it's my screenplay. It's my cinematography. Ultimately, if I want it to be like, it, it's my vision. I don't care yeah. what you say. I'm going <laughs> to
0: make
1: the film. I want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what, uh, before we get into your new podcast, um, what is ahead for you in the film thing? What, what are you, what excites you? about the next year or two on things that you want to be doing?
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, a couple of things. Like I I just picked up a new set of lenses that I'm excited to like really like push the limits on Um, and like working, building anamorphic into my workflow both
0: personally and professionally for yeah.
1: paid work which is great for music videos and short films yes
0: so it works really well with the. <laughs> describe uh, anamorphic lenses for somebody who doesn't understand what that so is so
2: your typical camera lens is spherical and so the image
0: uh
2: it um is, that's cast from the lens onto into the camera is very round and then your camera like m- takes that round image and kind of flattens it out um what What an anamorphic lens does is it actually takes a wider field of view and compresses it into, like in a traditional cinema camera, it actually gives you a square image that is then gets stretched out. So like, for example, these Orions uh, that I have, a 40-millimeter lens gives you the wide-angle view of a 20-millimeter but actually gives you the field of view of a 40-millimeter. So you get really wide, cinematic, landscape, kind of look
1: without having to use a wide angle lens right and then you get
2: this separation that is so dramatic from your subject to everything else and then obviously like what people think they really like are like you get those anamorphic light streaks and you get this crazy oval bokeh like there are a lot of characteristics that are definitively anamorphic but it's ultimately this wider angle of view with greater separation that Like when we look at an image and we say, oh, that like that looks cinematic.
1: Makes you feel something different.
2: Right. Like anamorphic is part of what creates that feel of cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so there's incorporating that into the workflow. And then um, I have this uh, short script that I just uh, finished up uh, titled um, Artemis. And oh, wow. Yes, it has nothing to do with uh, And I think Artemis Fowl was like a recent one, and um, some other things. It's I was actually, about to say. I know
1: there's an Artemis. I think it's, it's, plus, it's, is, it's a, is it a, a Roman god?
0: Yes, I, 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 I think, believe I so. Yeah, maybe Greek. Yeah, it's something.
2: It's actually inspired by uh, SpaceX and NASA uh, collaboration to like uh, continue further space exploration. Oh wow! And the Artemis lander. So ah. this idea is—it's actually a, like a social commentary on our uh, obsession with space travel and like seeking out new and different worlds. Oh, that's awesome! And that possibility wow. of very cool like life, but the social commentary <laughs> is like we have fucked up so much shit here on Earth. Like, let's figure that out before we like continue to
1: ah interesting. Okay, very
2: cool. Uh,
0: with were you, a sci-fi feel, were you a fan of Interstellar? Oh, it might be my favorite. My have wife. You, have you seen Interstellar? No, I haven't seen Whoa. it. What? <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you are excused. For the of the I'll the, go
1: take my laptop and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be back it in about right in, in ninety minutes. We could just hook it up on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Interstellar. We could
0: we could rent out a private theater and, and watch, watch it, it for ninety yeah. dollars. Um, Regal, you can sponsor us anytime. <laughs> uh, the Interstellar by Christopher Nolan. Uh it's 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 hands down one of the most oh, it's it's amazing a, it's films I've ever. It's such a great
2: made. story that the cinematography is gorgeous. Um it's you know everybody has like if you don't know, have anything to watch but you want to watch TV like you just everybody has like their go-to movie. For me for years it was The Matrix.
0: I love The Matrix. Oh, uh, very cool.
2: Now it it is Interstellar like and my wife makes fun of me because she, like I might put it on before we go to bed and she's like, "Oh, Interstellar. Shocker."
0: <laughs> but that, that, that scene we're not going to ruin anything for you, Aaron, but that scene where Matthew McConaughey is just bawling his eyes out. Oh, man. It, it tugs at my heartstrings. I start bawling my eyes out. So, so Stuart and I have
1: talked about this before, and, and you know, I don't know how this developed for me, uh, but, uh, and, and you know, Stuart, we have actually talked about this a little bit in depth. Stuart, and I'm guessing you as well, uh, default to maybe movies for that kind of experience um but i have chosen and i don't i don't know why like television shows are more of my comfort um and and movies kind of um i enjoy watching a lot of movies from like the 90s to like 2010 um and i haven't been into movies a lot since maybe just because when I was on my own and out of the house, I didn't just just didn't go to the theater as much. Yeah. Um. But, um. Yeah. Television shows are more of of my thing, and I do I do go towards the more cinematic television shows. Like it's like heart comedy and like extremely cinematic stuff. Uh. But I like television shows. I don't know why. Yes. What, what are your
2: thoughts on Tenant? Oh, again, like so, Chris Nolan. Hey, you is, have
1: not seen Tenant. No, I haven't seen Tenet you, either. It blow I know. Your mind. I know. I Aaron. told you it's a thing, Aaron. I know.
2: Chris Nolan is, is my favorite director, like, for yeah. many reasons. But, like, Tennant's another great example of, like... I know that there's all this controversy about, like, the story is so confusing or the sound design is garbage or, like...
0: <laughs> the sound design is not <laughs> garbage. It's, no, it's
2: genius. Not. It's designed for the most high-end of theaters. So if yes. you went and saw this at a shitty theater, like, yeah, the sound design was probably pretty Dude, bad. I saw yeah. I
0: saw huh. an IMAX opening night and... It blew my mind because I had literally no idea what was happening. But the sound <laughs> design is probably one of the most genius things in a movie it was that's so ever bad. been happening. Uh, okay, now I want to see it. Just, you should. When, okay, <laughs> when, when, the, when something happens in the movie, I don't want to give it away, the sound design is reverse. Yeah. It's incredible. Interesting.
2: Yeah. there, there Like there are a couple of moments in there, like when they're – Uh, touring the storage facility and like the sound design is up and down like it's very on purpose to only reveal the conversation when the conversation is relevant yep and then when it's not they're still talking but what's more important is like pay attention to like the visual Uh right now like it's it's and everything
0: all of the fight scenes and everything was shot in camera yeah and there's no cgi
1: the yeah. best sound design—the thing that I wanted to go into theaters specifically for the sound design for—was *A Quiet Place* with John Krasinski. Oh, so good. That—that that was. I the, love uh, that movie. The
0: second one's coming out soon.
1: Okay. See that I will go to theaters for just because it's in you. the first one, but uh, yeah, that was that was really cool. Um,
2: but but *Interstellar* and *Tenet*—like these massive tentpole productions—you're like, it's probably not not worth it.
1: <laughs> At
2: first, action
1: movies like modern action movies, just don't give me that jolt of excitement to make me want to go and see it. So it's, it's more of sure. I'll watch that movie to kind of get me to see it. And then I'm sure I'll love it. Uh, but I have more of an affinity for um, horror films and uh, kind of those kind of thrillers, yeah. uh, not like slasher films, but more of horrors things are that are like you have to, Try to figure out what's going on along the way. So that's that's more of what I lean to.
0: Have you seen uh Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal?
1: Oh yeah. No, I don't think so.
0: I think you'd like that movie a lot. When did it come out? Uh two thousand fifteen, fourteen, uh somewhere around there, maybe two thousand ten. No, there's no way. Uh
2: well two thousand fourteen.
0: Two thousand fourteen yeah. yeah. Uh this is it's a thriller movie but it's oh, it's on Netflix. It's a fantastic film.
2: Okay. The story is really good.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So Corey, you recently became a podcast host. I did. Uh so what is your Welcome to the podcast world. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a fun world. Uh what is your podcast called and what is the theme of the show?
2: Yeah, so it's uh In Focus and the, the theme is uh, we really just wanted to create a a podcast where we could connect with other creatives initially, like in the visual space, maybe they're photographers, cinematographers, largely focused around, um, like film, different film roles. So we've, you know, we have a host of like a list of, uh, directors, independent producers, um, and like, um, editors, Uh, ACs all these different roles that go into making a a production whether it's a film commercial whatever that is we wanted to just talk about not only the process but also their story and how they got into maybe like what what inspired you to be a director or a cinematographer Um, just because there's not a lot of podcasts that exist that meet that need like there are plenty of great podcasts like I listen to armchair expert all the time I listen to you guys all the time. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, but like for things that I'm passionate about, like there are only a handful and many of them, like they've
0: not had new episodes in months. Because most of them are probably years. in LA. Right. And they've shut down everything.
1: And yeah. most things on YouTube related to filmmaking are still in the direction. I think this will change soon because be, I'm i getting tired of it. Five five cameras you should use in 2021. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. The cameras you should use for YouTube in, uh, in, in, in the next six months, like things that are very grabby. And then, um, and just, uh, you know, when I was, you know, kind of uh, getting into these creators on YouTube, they were putting out incredible stuff, but now just it it's things that are, are not attractive to me anymore to watch. Uh, so stuff in depth like this, I think, is fantastic.
2: Yeah, thank you. There, You know, there are, I think YouTube has evolved a lot just in the last four or five years. You know, you think about creators like Peter McKinnon is a great example, who yeah. is an amazing photographer and has done some phenomenal uh, cinematography work, even on a commercial level. Yeah. But even like his channel and the content he's created has evolved to... Exactly what you're talking about. It's a
1: mass appeal for people who are starting out in the industry, right?
2: Because for them, like that is that's that's their living. They do that for a living. They yeah. have to they have to cater to what will continue to create yeah. income and AdSense revenue for them. There are there are some really good YouTube channels like yes. the Wondering DP does phenomenal yes. work to educate around. Is like, that the
0: guy out of uh, London, England? Uh, no, no, that oh, okay. is
1: that's Philip Bloom. Okay. Philip Bloom yeah. is out of out of uh, the UK. Um, Creative North is a uh, a guy out of Sweden mm. that I love. He posts like once every six months, and it's incredible but stuff when he good. does. I bet it's good. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's an incredible thinker. Uh, but he's he's off creating so much that uh, you don't get a lot from him. But it's I like it.
2: Yeah, I'll have to check him out.
1: Um, so, and I, am looking at the list of episodes right here. Um, I love the, the titles, um, cause they, I, they are directed towards people who understand it enough. Right. Um, but you go in depth with it. So I love the title. Can we fix it in post? That's fantastic. Uh, motivated lighting I think is, is great. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, you you said you want to interview a lot of people the and but I'm seeing like film school Friday so I'm seeing a little bit of you also want to you know put a little bit of this kind of educational portion to it
2: yeah so we're trying we're trying to balance this uh, content approach where we have currently we have uh, quite a few episodes already kind of batched and w- we wanted to approach it in a really structured manner and the interviews and the guests that we would have on. We knew we wanted to do that biweekly. Just daily podcasts are amazing. Like you guys They're do a great hard time. man. They are, but hard. yes, they are a time investment. And yeah, yeah, a lot. Um, and even weekly, like there's a lot of pressure there, and there's already so much great content for other things. Like maybe we'll get to that point, but we knew sure we could definitely commit to biweekly. If it's like good long form, somewhere between 40 minutes to an hour, yeah. we have an episode coming up where we actually had two guests uh, that run their own production company in Kentucky. Nice. That was our longest episode. What's today. the What's today. the company? Uh, Forerunner. Very
1: nice. Where are they out of?
2: Uh, Bowling Green. Nice.
1: Very cool. Yeah. There's a company out there uh, called VidMonster. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. Uh, they did a documentary for like a family member of mine up there so that's oh, very that, cool.
0: Was that the New Orleans, uh, the uh, the
1: flood in Texas, the flood in Texas uh, okay. after the hurricane several years ago? Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I, I'm very loyal to Forerunner. In nice. Case, in case you guys are listening, <laughs> that's the only production company I know. In, in, in. Um, so yeah, so you know, we we wanted to have this bi weekly rhythm of guests. That's more uh, m- maybe giving someone an audience, helping expand their network, yeah. expand our network, but then we also knew like. Just from a, a business standpoint, like if we ever want to do anything real with the podcast, you have to have a hook. You have to have something consistent. Yeah. So that film school Friday was our, our idea to have regular weekly, very short form. It's, you know, most of them are five to six minutes long. Nice. But it was a fun way for me to kind of spotlight Bill and his knowledge because like he's formally trained, went to, went to college, went to film school, has his bachelor's in fine arts. Nice. Could I mean, like he's phenomenal. So I thought, what better way than to create content and also highlight your skills and abilities, but to like put you to the test every Friday and let's see how much knowledge you retained.
1: Did you ever through the process of of this think, okay, we're putting out an audio podcast about a visual medium? Yeah, what, really what, is. How is the what is the how do you balance <laughs> that out? How has that been so far?
2: Yeah. You know, there's always this like nagging thought of like, how soon should we convert this to like a YouTube podcast or incorporate video into this? And, you know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, uh, filmmakers, creatives like we consume all forms of media It's
1: like very true we yeah listen,
2: we, like you guys are creative as well you listen to podcasts you make podcasts
1: maybe we're tired of having a screen in front of our face <laughs> <Exactly>.
2: <laughs> that that was my first thought is first like there's a lot again a lot of work that goes into uh, creating a visual medium yeah. in that format um but i also sometimes i want to break to your point like I, yeah. don't, I don't need a screen in front of me to consume yeah like some of the some of the the best media consumption time i have our is,
1: video editing software already takes up I know, multiple screens it's, it's already <laughs> too much
2: but like in the car on a whether it's a short drive or a long drive like you really like find yourself whether it's through music or through podcasts like audio it's just a different way to connect so yeah right now we're comfortable with that because no, I dig it. the stories that we're telling the knowledge that we're helping spread audio still makes sense
1: so yeah it's still storytelling which i think filmmakers Find a really good way to do that no matter what. Yeah, for sure. Okay,
0: so... uh, I was about to bring this up, I think. I think you're... No, 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 go ahead. Oh, first off, we're sitting in a room with glorious beards. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Corey, I just want some insights on your beard, because my beard is pretty... I love my beard. Uh, You have a great looking beard. (laughs) Uh, But what is the story behind your beard?
2: Uh, You know what? It's a it's a storied beard for sure. Like I, <laughs> it's a, it, the interesting thing too is like this length. This is about where I max out at.
0: I've, I think I've seen it a little bit longer at yeah, times.
2: I, I recently trimmed it, uh, maybe last weekend, just because it grows at different speeds in sure. different spots. So mine mine becomes crazy.
0: an X at the <laughs> bottom of it. Yeah. it like literally yeah. turns into an X. Yeah.
2: Uh, Interesting. So I've, I've been growing this beard currently for, gosh, I don't, I, I think the last time I was almost beardless was my wedding. And that was uh, almost 14 years ago.
0: Wow. So you, you have me be, I'm almost at eight years. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I, I
2: if, for those of you listening, you can't tell, but I don't have anything really left on top. So I feel like I got to let it grow on my face. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for anybody that is contemplating a beard or, or you think like, oh, man, I just I can't grow a good beard. The secret is just stop shaving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, some people, uh, some people I would recommend never grow a beard. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Okay, so
1: Corey, um, we have something special for you today Uh, because you are a Nashville unicorn. Yeah, because you are a Nashville unicorn. uh, This this is going to fit in well with a lot of things. So uh, we've we've already established you know a lot about music videos. Right, talked about that. You're music video uh, expert, but now we're going to test your knowledge on how well you know Music City. Oh my goodness. So, uh, we, we,
2: before we get into this, <laughs> if, if I, if this is a total train wreck, can you edit this part out?
1: No, absolutely not. Oh, uh, okay. No. So, so this is, this is putting your knowledge to the test. Okay. Um, and, uh, we're going to start with question number one. Stuart, so I'm going to let you take this one away.
0: All right. Nashville was given the nickname music city. And it has been a beloved name that people all over the world gave this city. But how did Nashville get this nickname? A. So you have three when, choices. Yeah, so oh, okay. you have three choices. All right. A. When Nashville legend guitar uh, Garth Brooks announced his retirement from country music and then mayor of Nashville nicknamed the city Music City in Garth's honor. B. The Fisk University Choir visited England in 1873 to sing for Queen Victoria. When they did, the queen commented, They must come from a music city. C, the name started to gain popularity from Nashville civilians shortly after Elvis Presley began recording his albums at RCA Studio B.
1: So those are your three options. How did Nashville get the nickname Music City? And, and feel free, you can talk this out yeah, and yeah. everything.
2: I, I think um, as much as people would love for A to be the choice, because I, I feel like Garth probably has a lot of connections here. Yeah. A lot of a lot of country. Um, I, I, I want to believe... That the connection and the influence from Fisk University is absolutely the reason.
1: Okay. Final answer. B. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Good job. That is absolutely. Stuart, you might be able to go a little bit more in in depth with, with this.
0: Yeah, so the uh, Fisk University was trying to raise money to build Jubilee Hall, and they had this acapella choir that would travel throughout the United States. And they were traveling in England in 1873, and for this fundraiser to build the Jubilee Hall, they sang in front of Queen Victoria. And it's rumored that she wrote in her diary that they must come from a music city, and that's where we got our nickname and
2: Fisk. Yeah, represent.
0: Yep. Yeah, and uh, they just performed at the. Uh, Ryman Outdoor Concert,
1: like oh. two days ago. So, I actually I saw like a happened. big crew out there the other day. I yep. was wondering what was going that's on. What, that's man. what it was for. Yeah. And the weird thing is, I saw, speaking of that, I saw like literally a Ford Lease sign for Sun uh, Trust Plaza. It said Ford Lease, SunTrust Plaza. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was weird.
0: Very interesting. <laughs> All right. Question number two, Aaron, you can take this one.
1: Okay. So question number two, it's like three questions in one. So this is a segment that the National Business Journal did a long time ago. Stuart and I took this quiz, and we're going to uh, bring some of those questions to here. So what you have to do, we're going to give you a name. You have to determine whether this is the name of a Bonnaroo band or or a Nashville Boutique <laughs> store. So that's their segment, Bonnaroo Band or Nashville Boutique. Um, so we have three names here, and, and you take a guess, Bonnaroo Band or Nashville Boutique. Okay. okay, the first one, Whiskey Water. Is that a Bonnaroo Band, or is it a, is it a Nashville Boutique?
2: That's a Bonnaroo Band.
1: That is a Nashville Boutique. It, it is, no, it is very, very, very is. difficult. What's cool is uh, when I went back to to go get that, um, it, it told us still because it, you know, we're signed in on that account
0: and everything with the business. Owner. So we still see what our answers were at the time when we took this quiz. So it's a, it's a clothing brand for rock and roll lovers, uh, drinking whiskey and it's off of, it's in East Nashville oh,
2: whiskey water. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Number two, uh, lizard thicket is lizard thicket, a Bonnaroo band or, or a Nashville boutique store.
2: If that's not a Bonaro <laughs> band, I don't know what it is.
1: Okay. Loser Thicket
0: is uh, it is a Nashville boutique. Damn. And yeah. it is uh in Green Hills. It is a women's uh, jewelry and clothing store.
2: Oh well that makes sense. I don't I don't
0: wear women's
1: jewelry. <laughs> All right. And number three, uh, the name of this is Shovels and Rope. Is Shovels and Rope a Bonnaro band or a Nashville boutique store?
2: but you know what i'm committed at this point this one has to be
0: a boutique store
1: okay here we go final answer and it is a bonnaroo band
0: (laughs) uh, shovels and rope are an american folk duo from charleston south carolina and it's a husband and wife like, Americano band,
1: who's the shovel and who's the rope? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You ask them that question because <laughs> that seems like it could be sh-
2: shovel and rope. If you're listening, I'm sure you all make some amazing music man. and clothes.
1: If they uh, maybe they make clothes, yeah. maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we could win the, get you that one on a technicality. Uh, yeah, they sold clothes. Okay, um, and our third question is how did Nashville Hot Chicken? Established, Stuart. I'm going to let you read off the uh, the answers. All right. So choice, the choices for this one,
0: choice number I don't hey. even, I don't need your multiple hey. choices.
2: Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay, go for it. I mean, it's the princess story.
0: Uh, we'll yes. What is it? Oh, you weren't going to tell it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, so the, uh, the the husband and the wife, and they were having an argument. Yeah. Was, like, maybe he was stepping out or, like, accused of stepping out or something. And uh, so she said, well, all right, well, I'll show his ass and spiced it up, and uh, it was so delicious. He's like, oh, this is great. And that, like that, just that kicked it all off.
0: Awesome, that's almost that exactly. Is, yep. To the point, he was cheating on his wife. Yeah, that's stepping yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Ste- stepping yeah. Uh, So the that's ha- what they used in the old day. <laughs> the, uh, stepping out on me, eh? The, the answers we had. Uh, these are just, kind of <laughs> just rhythm, Anyways, a, ma- a man had a dream of opening a spicy chicken restaurant, but had a heart attack because the food was so spicy. But now that became the standard for hot chicken. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The next one is a chef tripped in the kitchen, accidentally spilling several hot spices onto some chicken that was about to be cooked. They cooked it anyway, and it turned out great. That's all right. The original <laughs> story is the best story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it is. That was a, that was a great retelling of it. Speaking of hot chicken, what's one of your favorite restaurants in Nashville? Hattie B's, hand down.
2: I, I think we talked about this uh, when I was on the uh, last episode. I, I actually I went to high school uh, with Nick Bishop, who's oh the, wow yeah. So if you know anything about Hattie B's, like Nick Bishop is the founder.
0: At, I uh, I ran that's into, awesome. I ran to Nick two weeks ago. No I'm way. Like hey man, I've been trying to get you on my podcast <laughs> forever. Let's connect. Yeah. And we haven't connected. So if anyone knows Nick Bishop, <laughs> Nick. let's make Come that on. Thing. They,
2: they, I mean they're they stay busy. You know, they they recently opened uh the first B's in Las Vegas.
0: Wow. Um, and they just opened one in Fifth and Broadway. Yeah in two weeks or three weeks ago. I was there, I was at Fifth and Broad
1: around ten forty-five in the morning because they uh all the restaurants open at eleven. And there was already five or six people in line. I'm sure there. And so by the time it opened, there were about thirty people in line.
0: Well, Corey, thank you so much for uh, coming onto the Nashville story. Where can people follow you on social media and hear your new podcast? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Austin Allen. I'm sure you'll leave that in the show notes, and then uh, infocuspodcast dot com.
1: Awesome, Corey. I'm I'm glad I got to hear your Nashville story for the first time. Uh, thank you for uh, all the the insight into uh, the the Nashville when you were growing up. Absolutely, and uh, thanks for coming on and and uh, sharing a part of your story in your podcast. Thank you, guys.